Lasting Love Podcast, presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love Podcast. I am Roy, your host, and today we are doing part two of a series on personal growth. We're discussing the three most unpopular secrets to genuine personal growth, okay? And so the whole premise of this is that we all talk about growing and evolving and awakening. And, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you're, you're into personal development on some level, right? You're, you're into growing and learning and so forth like that. And I think there's a couple of things that most people don't really ever talk about that are essential to the growth process. So we're kind of attacking those. We're kind of talking about the things that we should be talking about, but are sort of uncomfortable. They don't feel good. You know, we talk about growth. We want to have it be positive and upbeat and I'm learning. And, you know, so we want good experiences. We, we really want it to be comfortable. We want it to be easy. You know, that makes me think of another illustration from the weight loss perspective, right? If you if you listen to some of these commercials and advertisements for different products and services about weight loss, they all want to describe the whole process as it's really easy. Like you can eat whatever you want. You know, you don't have to work out. You don't have to really make any sacrifice or it's it's just not hard, right? Follow our plan or do this program and it's the weight's just going to come off of you like you're taking off a jacket, right? It's just going to be easy. <laughs> and we all know that losing weight is it's just not like that, right? I mean, they're selling things and they want to appeal to our desire to not have to you know, face challenge or for it not to be difficult. So it's like they want to appeal to our innate desire to have it be easy and comfortable. Well, there's not a whole lot of things in life that are really worthwhile that that are easy or comfortable. They they usually take commitment, they take a kind of a dedication, they might take some discipline, they they might take a little bit of where you got to grab a hold, um, you know, and kind of dig it out of the dirt a little bit, right? Um, I'm not saying that, that the way of the spiritual path has to be, you know, pain and suffering. Um, and I don't believe the phrase, no pain, no gain, especially in the fitness world, you get injured doing that. Um, but I do think there are some op unpopular things that are really required if we're going to grow. Okay, So the first um, part in this three-part series, if you haven't listened to it, you need to stop here and go back and kind of catch yourself up. Um, the first one was, the first unpopular secret was you got to work on your weaknesses, right? I mean, if you want to get better at anything, it's not about spending time what you're already good at, what you're already a genius at, what you're it's not trying to improve your superpower. It's about really looking at what am I doing to hold myself back? What is my anchor? You know, what is the sandbag hanging off of my hot air balloon keeping me grounded? keeping me from soaring, from flying? Like, what is my weakness? What is my blind spot? How am I sabotaging myself? It's sort of like, in a way, I use this all the time, like driving a car. You, you can focus on hitting the gas pedal, right? And, and how fast your car can go and 
all of that. But if you have your foot on the brake, the car is not going to go anywhere. So you could you could focus on getting more horsepower or you know getting your car to be faster, whatever. But if you still have your foot on the brake, the, the car's not going to go anywhere. And I think that's a real unpopular secret to personal growth. If you want your growth to take off, if you want to grow and evolve and learn and and mature, it's not about finding what you're good at and trying to do it better. It's about saying, how is my foot on the brake? How am I holding myself back? And so the first unpopular secret is you've got to get your foot off the brake. What is your weakness? Okay. Now, here's where we go into the second unpopular secret. Because when you commit to working on your weakness, and in the last episode, I described 10 potential weaknesses. I mean, there's dozens of them, right? You have to do your own work and say, okay, what's my weakness, okay? Um, So once you identify that, and then you start to work on it, (laughs) here's the really unpopular secret. (laughs) Your weaknesses never go away. You will never get to the point where one of these core weaknesses is just never comes up for you again. You'll never get to the place where I don't feel that. I don't get tempted with that. I don't notice that energy coming up in me. It's just gone. You know, when you get sick, you have an infection. You take an antibiotic And if you do some blood work after taking the antibiotic, you'll find that the infection is gone. There's no trace of it, right? It's not in your system anymore. Personal growth is not like that. But here's the thing. Most of us have been told that it is. Most of us have been told or we've been led to believe that what real growth looks like is that you can get to the place where whatever issue it is, is no longer in your system. It's not in your blood anymore. It never comes up. You never feel it. You never experience it. You you can do enough work to where it's truly gone. That is not my experience. That is not what I have heard any spiritual teacher actually teach. Okay, but we can have this expectation that, you know, if I'm growing, well, then that means we'll take any one of the uh, weaknesses we talked about. The first one we mentioned was being judgmental or critical. Well, if I'm really growing, I'm working on that. I'm going to get to the place one day where there is there's just never an an impulse in me to be critical. I'll just always be accepting and loving and compassionate, and I won't have that critical part in me anymore. There's, I'm like, I'm going to be taking an antibiotic, and it's going to be removed from my system. Oh, no, it won't. Take another one. Um, take if you deal with what we call repression, where you're not good at saying no, you never say no, you don't set boundaries, you don't You don't know what your needs and wants are. You don't communicate them. You don't ask for them. You know, you you don't sort of make yourself known in that way. You just repress everything and spend your life taking care of everyone else. And you think, okay, so I'm growing. I'm going to work on that, right? That's my weakness. I'm going to work on that. And then one day I'm going to wake up and I will just never have to face that again. I'll never repress. I'll never have an urge to repress. I'll never really have to focus on that ever again because I've worked on it and it's gone, like taking an antibiotic. Or take the issue of not being able to be vulnerable, right? Being so afraid to be taken advantage of, to be misused for someone to sort of have power over you and to sort of control you that, you know, your weakness is I'm never able to show vulnerability. I'm never really able to show 
the openness of my heart, the, the softness of my heart. I have to maintain this strong, in-control exterior, which is not necessarily true, but it's my defense mechanism, right? Um, in fact, a lot of our weaknesses really are defense mechanisms when you think about that. But this inability, you know, this fear of being taken advantage of, the fear of being weak and this sort of um, just this desire to to not be vulnerable. Um, you could think if you work on that, you work on opening, you work on softening, you you work on recognizing um, the yearning that's in your heart, the wanting to be known, the wanting to connect, um, the gentleness and innocence that's within you, that one day if you work on that, you'll never deal with you know, the fear of being vulnerable. Do you follow me? People-pleasing. Maybe if I work on my people-pleasing, my, my approval addiction, if I work on this and I focus on this, you know, and I, I, I really put my attention on this part of my life because it's really a weakness. It's really holding me back in relationship. If I focus on that, there will come a day where I'm going to wake up and and I will just, I will not even have the instinct to people-please. I won't fall into it. It will never come up in me. And I find that if that's what you think growth is going to do, you are going to be disappointed. That's the point. The unpopular secret that your weaknesses never go away. If you think they do, that you can arrive at a place where some core weakness just doesn't come up in you anymore, you're going to find that it does. And then what you're going to do is say, oh my God, I haven't grown at all. I've been focusing on this. I've been working on this. I'm not getting anywhere. I'm not really growing. I'm, I haven't changed. I've been on this path for 15 years and, and I still face this issue. Therefore, I haven't grown. And then you're going to get really discouraged. You're going to get very disappointed. You're going to probably judge yourself. You know, I, you know this, isn't, this isn't working. I'm, this isn't doing any good. There's something wrong with me. Um, I've been wasting all my time. Do you follow me? If you have an unrealistic expectation about what growth really is, you're going to end up discouraging yourself and disappointing yourself. You know, and really negatively impacting your growth, <laughs> believe it or not. So we, this, this, this second unpopular secret is we have unrealistic expectations about what growth means. And I do think a lot of us in the personal development field have misrepresented this because we want to sell our shit we want to make it sound like it's going to create a kind of a healing like an antibiotic does for an infection and it doesn't work that way. Okay, so let me go more deeply now into what I mean by all of this. Um, these, these core weaknesses that we're talking about, most likely they come from deep in our childhood. They come from our our upbringing, and they they're conditioned within us. That they, they they're in us at a pretty deep cellular level. It's like a, they become part of our psychological DNA, right? And it's so deeply woven that the idea that some sort of defense mechanism or coping mechanism that you learned when you were two, three, and four years old, the idea that you can do enough work or enough therapy or enough coaching to where you will never deal with that issue again is ridiculous. Right? Let's take a couple of extreme examples. Let's take a little girl who from the age of four to seven 
was sexually molested by a friend of the family. Okay? She was terribly sexually abused as a little girl. Now, she can go through all the therapy she wants, in my view, feel all the feelings, deal with the trauma, work with the best trauma specialists and all of that. And if you think when she's 45 that there's not going to be a little contraction in her body whenever a new man approaches her or wants her physically, you are out of your mind. If you tell that that woman that if you do this therapy and you do this this work, that when you meet a new man and the first time that you get physical with him, the first time he touches you, that you aren't going to feel any of the old trauma. You're not going to feel a little fear come up in you, that you're not going to feel any contraction, any tightness, that you'll just be like a woman who was never abused ever in her life. You're lying to her. There is no way short of some sort of lobotomy, and I'm not even sure that would work. There is no way that when you have something happen to you in your past that it gets exercised out of you completely to where you never have to deal with the repercussions of that violation or that trust issue. Does that make sense? Now, I'm not saying that you can't transcend it. We're going to talk about that in a minute. I'm not saying that that means you're owned by that trauma for the rest of your life and you're going to remain closed and cut off and shut down to men and sexuality and intimacy forever. No, no, I'm not saying that either. I'm just saying the idea that you can do enough work to where that fear, that tension doesn't arise in you, that is an unrealistic expectation. That's not what it would mean to grow if you were abused as a child. That, that's not what growth looks like. Growth looks like something very different. And I'll get to that in a minute. But let me give you an, an example from my life, okay? Um, I grew up in a home where um, if, if mama wasn't happy, nobody was happy. I've shared this in a couple other podcast places. I grew up in a home where my mother was a perfectionist, okay? She was like that first one, that critical judgmental, demanding. She was kind of harsh. She was not emotionally really sensitive or available. She was um, much more matter of fact and rules oriented. Um, You know, do the right thing, be right, this is wrong, right? So um, I grew up in an atmosphere where I seemed to get in trouble a lot or I seemed to be disappointing my mother or that I was doing something wrong. And so I developed kind of a persona that I call good boy Roy. It's like to get along with my mother, to be close to my mother, I really needed to focus on being a good boy. Be a good boy because if I wasn't, right, I felt her negativity. I felt her criticism. I I felt like I was in trouble. I, I kind of grew up feeling like I was always on the verge of getting in trouble or I was getting in trouble and disappointing my mother and I just because I wasn't being a good boy, violating whatever standards that she had or whatever. You follow me? Okay. Um, so I've had this weird relationship with the feminine my entire life. I've had this love-hate thing. I love women. I want to be close to women. I, I kind of had a relationship addiction at one point in my life, right? I, so I, I really want to be close to the feminine, but then I kind of have this hatred and anger toward the feminine because I've always been judged by it. I've always, I've not received love and acceptance and 
attention. I've, I've received judgment and criticism and distance. So it's like I've been wanting to connect with the feminine, but it won't let me. I'm not being a good boy. I'm not good enough. So there's this, I love the feminine. I want feminine attention and I'm fucking angry at the feminine for not giving me the love and that I think that I deserved and wanted. Okay. That's all my mom. I have mommy issues. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, you find most people with relationship dynamic issues, they have opposite sex parent issues. And you'll find that's pretty normal uh, in this world. So here's, here's the thing. I've been working on this for decades. Like what I just shared with you, I could have shared that with you 25 years ago. Even when my mother was alive, I was aware that I had big time mommy issues. I worked on it with my coach. Diana Chapman was my coach for a number of years. We spent a lot of times working on my mommy issue because that was the root of my problems in relationship with women. So this is not a new insight for me. I've known that this is there for, I mean, yeah, for 25 years, maybe longer, okay? Here's what's so interesting. I've been working on this, um, and yet I can be sitting in my house today as a 61-year-old man. My mother has been gone for 10 years. She, she, She died 10 years ago. I can be sitting downstairs watching TV and, and my my wife will come down the stairs and say, hey, Roy, can I talk to you for a minute? And instantly, without a thought, I am telling you, without a thought, what will come up in me immediately is, what did I do wrong? Mommy, what did I do wrong? <laughs> I'm telling you, it's not conscious. It, it's just instinctive. It's a reaction. It's It's, I didn't... I'm not processing it in my head. It just pops up. It just comes up without choosing it. I think I'm in trouble. I think I did something wrong. I notice I live with kind of a guilty conscience. I'm always on this verge of, did I do something wrong? Did I do, was I bad? So whenever my wife wants to talk to me, Hey, Roy, can I talk to you? What did I do wrong? Am I in trouble? <laughs> and she'll laugh at me. She's like, really? That's, that's what you heard me say? <laughs> no, I want to ask you, can I take your car? Because I'm driving the grandkids somewhere and, and your car has more room than mine. I mean, right? It, it, it'll be, I hardly ever get in trouble with my wife. <laughs> but, I, but no matter, I'm telling you, it's not going away. The, that response in me, that clench of my gut, that contraction, it's not being chosen. It's just there. And I've worked hard on it. I've, I've talked to counselors. I've talked to coaches. I've read books. I've shared it with my friends. I've certainly shared it with my wife. Because now, one of the things that I do is whenever she says, hey, Roy, can I talk to you for a minute? I will say, oh, mommy, what did I do wrong? Because when I immediately feel that I'm in trouble, I feel my old shit come up, I'm able to have fun with it. I recognize it. I'm like, oh, there it is. (laughs) There's my mommy issue. It ain't going away. It's not going away. That's so deep in my DNA, it's not going away. But it doesn't have to run my life because I can feel it come up. And before I say anything to my wife, I can welcome it. I can say, oh, there you are, my friend. There's your mommy issue. And then I can have fun with it and say to my wife, mommy, what did I do wrong? And she'll say to me, really? Did I just trigger something by wanting to talk to you? I said, yeah, of course. Yeah, it just came up in me, right? So... This is something that nobody talks about. Really, I don't know about nobody. That's a little much. Um, very few people in the personal development world talk to you about the fact that some of these deep, what we would call weaknesses or traumas um, or issues, 
trauma is such a loaded word. Oh, I don't have any trauma. I mean, um, so we just, let's call it issue or a challenge or some of these ways that we react some of these ways that we, these weaknesses that come up in us that affect our relationships. Um, we, we've really been told that you can do the work and that can disappear like an infection will with an antibiotic. And I'm just here to tell you, no, it won't. But the danger is if you think it will, and then you discover it's still there, then you're going to shame yourself. What's wrong with me? Everybody else is working on their stuff and it seems to disappear. It just goes away. They transcend it to the point where they never have reactions like that anymore. You know, I, I know people who they say they're people pleasers and they are healed and they never feel the instinct to people please. They they never feel that energy arise up in them. It's, it's just all gone. Well, they're lying to you or they're so unaware, self, they're, they lack such self-awareness, they don't even know it. Because I'm telling you, this stuff doesn't go away. Let me share you a story from one of my favorite teachers. I may have shared this someplace else in a podcast, but one of my favorite spiritual teachers is a guy named David Data. He's the, the world's expert, in my opinion, and many others, on masculine feminine dynamics. He's a total mindful consciousness guru that applies conscious living and conscious perspectives to the masculine feminine dynamic. So if you're not familiar with him, you should. You should be. But he shares a story that when he was five years old, that he got on an escalator, like at a mall, and somehow he got his pant leg caught in the escalator. And it it trapped him. His leg got caught, and he was kind of getting dragged down the escalator. He never, He didn't get injured, but it scared the shit out of him, Okay. His pant leg got caught in there and and he couldn't get loose and it scared him. I heard him tell this story when I think he was in his mid mid to late 50s and he told the group, he said, to this day, every single time I step on an escalator, I feel fear. Every time. And this guy has done the work, okay? I mean, he he's been on the path for 50 years. I mean, he's one of the more enlightened beings on the planet. And he's like, every time I step on the escalator, I can feel fear come up in me. So has he not grown? It, 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 did he not really do the work? Because, oh, if he really has grown, if he's worked on some of his, some of his shit, then that would never even come up. Well, that's not an acceptable way to look at it because he really has grown. Maybe when you grow, it doesn't mean that that kind of fear doesn't come up. Maybe what it means is you can take a breath and smile and get on the escalator and smile at yourself. Maybe the expectation that you don't have a contraction when you've been sexually abused around a new man the first time that he might touch you, maybe that's not the expectation. Maybe in that moment, as the fear comes up, as the trauma comes up, as the contraction in your body happens, you can look into his eyes and you can say, I'm scared, but I'm here. And my heart remains open in the midst of my contraction. Maybe when my wife comes down the stairs and says, Roy, can I talk to you? Even in a serious tone of voice. And the expectation that I'm in trouble energy will not come up in me. Maybe that isn't it. Maybe it's my ability to, in that moment, notice it. To welcome it. To really witness, oh, there it is. And to keep my heart open to her in that moment, rather than immediately shutting down, closing off, becoming defensive, and getting ready for a fight. Getting ready to defend myself. Getting ready 
to say, no, I'm not a bad boy. I'm a good boy. Maybe growth is not that that energy never comes up, but that when it does, I respond to it with openness and presence and humor and I reveal it to the appropriate people around me in the moment. Maybe that's what growth looks like. And I'm telling you it does. So let's take the people-pleasing thing. I believe real growth is that there's a people-pleaser in you that you are never going to be able to exercise. The instinct is there. It's a defense mechanism. It's a way of getting approval. It's a way of feeling close. It's a way of feeling connected. You want to be liked. You know, you don't want to be alone. You don't want to be cut off. That that probably came from when you were two or three or four years old. You found in your little family, when you just pleased others, you stayed in relationship. And when you did something that displeased people, you felt rejected or punished or exiled or isolated in some way. And that was so terrified that you developed a people pleaser persona. That is so deep in you. There is no spiritual antibiotic that's going to get rid of that. But what can happen is that when you feel that impulse to act in your people-pleasing way, whatever that is, you, you say something, you, you over-compliment, you um, don't enforce some boundaries or hold anybody responsible because you just want to, you know, make, just please others and just be nice and non-confrontational, whatever it might be. When you feel the instinct to get into that people-pleasing persona come up, Real growth is welcoming it and keeping your heart open in that moment and not letting the people-pleasing action take place. It's like, oh, I feel the pleaser in me. Oh, I can feel that I want to say this or do this or act this way or you know, not say something, not do something. I can feel my, myself want to people please right now in this moment and, I'm, and my heart is remaining open. I'm not, I'm not going to let that part of me take action right now. I love that part of me. I welcome that part of me. I, you're there. You're always going to be there, but you're not driving the car anymore. You're in the back seat. You're welcome here. I learned great things about myself from you. But you're not going to come out and you're not going to dictate and you're, you're not going to run the show is the best way to say it. The vulnerability issue, that's not, that is not a demon that you will ever exercise. That armored off, tough exterior, I'm about power and I'm in control and I don't want to exhibit any weakness. I don't want to let myself get taken advantage of. So, you, you know, you just real, have real trouble with softness and vulnerability. You're going to feel, you're going to feel that come up in you. And when you do, you can be vulnerable. That contraction will happen. The instinct to project an image of power and control and I don't need anyone and I am so self-sufficient and independent, which you know isn't true. It's not true of anyone. That instinct to be that person, to be tough girl, tough guy, that instinct is going to come up but you can witness it. You can watch it. Say, oh, there it is. There's my tough girl. There's my tough guy. And you can keep your heart open to the moment and not fall into that. 
you cannot allow that persona to run your life. That is what growth is. Not that it goes away, not that the weakness goes away, but that it's there and you notice it and yet you don't fall into it. The critical, judgmental, opinionated, um, argumentativeness, right? You think that's going away? The reason you develop that judgmental, critical, argumentative thing is because probably as a very early child, you felt run over by others and you had to fight for your ground. You, you, you weren't valued, you weren't esteemed, and you had to fight for, your, for, for the ground on which you had to stand. So you felt very threatened, you felt very small, you felt probably maybe dominated. You might not even be conscious of this kind of stuff. But you became this critical, judgmental, argumentative, opinionated kind of person as a defense mechanism. It's how you survived as a little person. You think that's going to go away? No. Whenever whenever anybody, it's like the escalator. Every time you get on the escalator, you're going to feel fear. Every time you get into a situation, you're going to, you're going to feel your, your instinct to criticize, your instinct to judge or to argue. Do you follow me? You're, you're going to feel that energy come up in you. You're, you're not even going to be choosing it. Just like when my wife said, Roy, can I talk to you? I'm not choosing. There's no conscious choice. Oh my God, I'm in trouble. It just pops into my head and then I notice it. I noticed that my whole body just kind of quivered. I went into kind of a little bit of a, a, a contraction and I, I felt my body begin to defend itself against the threat. I don't choose that. <laughs> it just, that just happens. It sort of comes over me. Okay. But I can notice it's coming over me and not operate from it. So you, you can notice that critical, judgmental, that, that instinct to argue, the instinct, you know, to put someone down or to judge or to be self-righteous. You can notice that coming up and look at me, boy, do I want to argue with that. I want to criticize. I want to judge. I want to make someone feel small so I can feel bigger because I've always felt small and insignificant. And if I can put someone down and if I'm criticizing or winning an argument that I feel big, I feel like I exist. I feel, you know what I'm saying? You can notice that that instinct, like your old friend, you're there, baby. There you are. You're there. And I'm not letting you come out. I'm not, I'm not letting you run. I'm not going to criticize. I'm not. I'm not going to get into an argument. I don't need to. I'm not going to judge. That's what growth is, is that you have a weakness, but it doesn't run the show. That you have a fear, you, you have a trauma, you, you have an issue, it's there. And I'm not suppressing it. See, I'm not, we're not repressing and burying things. No, we're welcoming them. That when my wife says, you know, can I talk to you? It comes up in me and I don't push it down. I'm welcoming. I'm smiling at that. It sort of makes me laugh. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> you know, it's been, you know, 56 or seven years since I've been five years old for Christ's sake. And that's what I feel like right now. I feel like I'm a five-year-old in trouble with mommy. That's hilarious, right? So it's there. What we're describing is what Eckhart Tolle calls the pain body. It's what Michael Singer and the Hindu tradition yogic tradition calls a samskara. It's what psychology calls baggage. <laughs> it's just your junk from the past. It's emotional baggage from the past that's in you. It's just in your cells. And, I, and, and doing trauma work is great. Doing 
therapy is great. Doing talk therapy and, and having coaching and processing some of these things is great. Unless you think that by doing that work, that one day there won't be any remnant of that in you. Then, then you're, you're living in la-la land. Okay? You want to do that work around trauma for sexual abuse, but if you think you're not going to recoil a little bit when a, when a new man touches your body, you're out of your mind. It just doesn't mean you haven't grown. Now, if you're unable to be with a man when he wants to touch you, you end up breaking off relationship, finding an excuse to end a relationship. You walk away. You can't be intimate. Okay, that's different. Now you're still in the trauma. But real growth means you might feel the instinct to run, but you keep your heart open in that moment. You're able to surrender in love. You're, you're able to be touched. And you're able to tell your partner, I'm terrified right now. All of my shit is coming up. All of my junk is coming up. But I'm here. My, my heart is open. I'm transparent. I'm trusting. Because you wouldn't allow that to happen unless you trusted this guy had good intentions. You see, so it's even for me, I mentioned in the last podcast that that I deal with this image management thing, this wanting to impress, which makes me have a tendency to exaggerate my strengths and my accomplishments because I want to make an impression. I want to control my image. I can fall into pretending. I can fall into being a chameleon. I can fall into, um, yeah, just sort of, not telling you about the things that might make you see that I'm human and ordinary and quite average. I'm only going to tell you the things that would prop up my image in your mind. Okay? That's a deeply woven structure into my personality. I believe that at a very early age, I figured out in my family that if I wasn't special, I wasn't, I wasn't seen that I had to stand out to get noticed, to feel loved, to feel safe. I had to accomplish and succeed. And it wasn't like I grew up in a home where my parents said, you know, be the best at everything or get the hell out when I'm eight years old. No, <laughs> okay, it wasn't like that. There was just an atmosphere that when I was successful, when I achieved, when I performed, when I was the best, Wow, I got so much more love and attention and applause and approval than when I was just an ordinary kid doing something. That I wasn't special when I was just being me. I I was special when I was doing something extraordinary. Okay? That's woven deeply in me. Do I think I'm ever going to get to the point where I don't notice the temptation to try to impress people. I can just tell you, I've been working on personal growth for decades and it's still there. Oh, there's still the temptation and the movement toward make an impression, show them you're special. Listen, I'll give you, I'll give you a story. This, (laughs) this won't make you think very good of me. This is probably, I'm going to say five years ago, okay? I was still living in Florida at the time, probably 2017 or something like that. I was living in an apartment complex and uh, I, was, I was taking a walk or something and I, I walked past somebody who, were, who was putting their golf clubs in their trunk, okay? Never met this person, had no idea who the person was. And I just said, hey, man, you're going to play some golf? Huh? I said, yeah, I'm going to go out and play a little bit. And I mean, that's cool. That's great. I talked to this guy for maybe 30 seconds and I found a way to work into that conversation that I played on the PGA tour. <laughs> I don't know this guy. It, it, there was no conversation. He wasn't asking me, do I play? Am I any good? He wasn't saying, what's your handicap? 
You know, no, I just found a way to work it into the conversation and let him know that I'm way better than you, dude, and I'm one of the best in the world at what I do. I had, why did I do that? I mean, I fell into my old patterns. Now, at the time, I was I was aware of my image managing and all that stuff. It wasn't like I've only discovered that since then. Oh, man, I was well aware of that, and I just did it. In the moment, I was aware, Roy, what are you doing? What are you, you're doing your thing here, and I just did it. Okay, so... In that moment, I was aware of the energy in me that came up to impress, to want to be special, to want to be seen, to want to be noticed, and I let it run the show. Now, was there any real harm in it? Well, other than to my own soul, because I strengthened the ego in that moment. You know, when you feed something, you make it stronger. When I when I gave in to my ego and let it do its thing, it makes it stronger. But that, I've never seen that guy again, <laughs> you know, so it's not like there was any real negative fallout. But that was a moment where it came up and I was not present and I didn't smile at myself and say, oh, Roy, you really want to tell him, don't you? Don't. Don't. There's no need. Wish him, wish him good luck on the course. Tell him to have a nice day and just keep walking. <laughs> you don't need to stop and, and, and impress this guy, right? So I, I didn't at that moment. There's been zillions of other times when I have because I meet random people all the time and I can, I can direct a conversation to, to just somehow include the things that I've done that are you know, I think would impress someone. <laughs> so you found me on this? Here's, so here's what I'm saying. Don't, don't, don't make growth mean something it doesn't. Growth does not mean that you never have that weakness again, even though you've been working on it. It means the weakness is still going to be there but in that moment, when it wants to come out, when it wants to sabotage you, when you want to, when you want to people please, when you are, you know, wanting to be argumentative, when you, you know, are wanting to hide your vulnerability, when you are wanting to repress um, and not set boundaries or be critical, what? Whatever your issue is, whatever your weakness is that you know sabotages you in life and relationship, don't think that you can do enough work that it will go away. Just recognize that it's there like a little dormant, beautiful child inside of you that it wakes up every once in a while and it wants to feed and it wants to take over. In that moment, you can be present with it. You can really welcome that that's what's here. You can share with other people, the appropriate people, that that feeling is coming up. But you don't have to let it run your life like it has in the past. You don't have to run away from intimacy when you've been abused. You don't have to take the stairs instead of the escalator. You, you don't have to to tell someone and try to impress them in that moment. You, you can notice all of it. You don't have to people please. You don't have to avoid conflict. You don't have to take things personally. You can notice that inside of you, oh boy, am I starting to take that personal. What they said, what they did, they, that, that, that innuendo... That little comment that was directed at me and I'm taking it personal. I can feel myself getting reactive. You don't have to act on that. You can notice it's there. You can welcome and keep your heart open to the moment. And so in that sense, you're transcending because you're not repressing the issue in the weakness you're just not letting it run your life anymore. You're bigger than it. You're stronger than it. But you're very friendly with that part of yourself. 
Gosh, I hope this makes sense. It's so important. This is such an unpopular thing to say that you never really let go of your your weaknesses. (laughs) But that's not the goal. The goal is, yeah, that instinct is there. That energy comes up. The pain body awakens. The samskara kind of comes to the surface. Now, what am I going to do when it does? Because in the past, we've just let it run our lives and it creates drama and difficulties and arguments or shallow relationships or just egoic ways of relating. We've, we've, we've just, we've just, we've become the people pleaser. We've exuded this sense that I'm not vulnerable and I don't need anything. Um, we've, we've taken things personal and then taken it out on others. We've been argumentative. Right. So in the past, that stuff came up and it was allowed to roam without a leash, <laughs> you could say. But what growth is, oh, no, that's still there. Ooh, here it comes. And you open and presence and you breathe and you reveal and you just keep your heart open in that moment. And you you don't allow yourself to get taken over by that persona or that energy and create the drama that it has in the past. Okay? It's just noticing when you're triggered, when your shit is coming up. Oh, there it is. Great. I'm not repressing it. I'm not stuffing it down. I'm feeling it. I'm smiling with it. I'm welcoming it. It's here. It's beautiful. And it's not going to run my life. I'm not going to criticize I'm not going to repress. I'm not going to promote my image. I'm not going to run away from intimacy. I'm not going to take the stairs. (laughs) Okay. There you go. So that's the second most unpopular secret to general personal growth. And the next time we're together, we are going to wrap up the series and talk about the third unpopular secret to personal growth. And until then, You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.